0: You are Locked On Knicks, your daily podcast on the New York Knicks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Yeah. Uh, my city and why? Yeah. Let me take my time. I'm on my grind. Got to make sure that we shine. What's yours is mine. And what's mine is yours. H.R. to the death, and first always. My team for sure gone wrong. Whoa. Can't fall off. Gotta pay support. gotta make sure you succeed Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Nicks podcast. This is episode ninety two. I am your host Jared Dubin. I just want to give you a quick heads up before I get you right into the pod that this one was recorded prior to last night's win over the Chicago Bulls. It's me and Bulls beat writer for the athletic and locked on Bulls host, Sean Hyken, talking about the Derrick Rose situation, the Rajon Rondo situation, uh, the general organizational dysfunction that the Knicks and Bulls tend to operate in a consistent state of, um, you know, as sort of their default. Um, not too much relitigating of the Rose trade, but there's at least a little bit of it. In there more so from the Bulls' perspective than the Knicks' perspective. Uh, and it's a, it's a really good conversation, it lasts about 30 40 minutes. Uh, talked about everything that's going on with both of the teams. Uh, obviously, the Knicks came out and, and wound up winning that game. The Bulls didn't have Jimmy Butler, but the Knicks didn't have Chris Epps Porzingis. So it was good to see them come out and actually play really well, particularly Rose and Noah, who, uh, you know, Rose got to the basket, uh, you know, as well or better than he did during the game against Philly, and Noah had one of his better games of the season as well. Uh, it's, it's been nice to see Rose really bounce back since uh, that, that strange day where he went missing. And um, yeah, so let's get you to that conversation with me and Sean. Enjoy. All right, and we are
1: live from Jared's apartment.
0: Yeah, we are. There's a first time for everything. This is my first live episode with somebody in the room. Is it really? Yeah, it's usually it's just me on the phone or me by myself.
1: Or Skype or
0: something. Skype, whatever it is. So, you know, it's going to be an interesting experience. We've got a fancy microphone. This is great. Yeah,
1: I, I've got a whole rig that I keep in my bag. I, You know, over the over the months since we've been doing this on thing, I've kind of figured out a system that works and uh, I'm able to actually take it on the road. I actually have a different one at home. Oh, really? So yeah. this is,
0: wow, this is like, i got to get this for myself. Yeah, maybe I'll, I'm just going to keep it. You know, I'll, I'll send you, you... I'm going to kick you out, keep the microphone, and just record the podcast. I'll send
1: I'll send you the Amazon. link. Maybe, <laughs> maybe Locke can, like, expense it or something. <laughs> well, it's, <laughs> it's depending
0: on how sh- expensive it is, I'll just get it myself. Worth it's a awesome.
1: shot. Worth the shot. So, uh, tonight's going to be interesting. There's some stuff going on with both the Bulls and the Knicks right now.
0: There's there's stuff going on with the Bulls and the Knicks?
1: Yeah, I mean, like, Denzel Valentine is getting some playing time. Uh, yeah. Ron Baker getting some playing Ron time. Ron Baker got some playing time.
0: Kylo Quinn grabbing some rebounds. Yeah, good for him. This is great. Uh, Lance Thomas is back from injury. Mindaugas Kuzminskis is a fan favorite. What I love is that I on?
1: love that, by the way, I just I love that Zach Lowe always calls him Mundungus Fletcher.
0: <laughs> I didn't even notice that Zach's been doing that. Yeah,
1: hey, I think maybe he just said it once in a podcast, but that's like one of the funniest things. I
0: think. still call him the Mindy Project.
1: I like that a lot. Too. And
0: I feel like I it was a few weeks ago. I rarely notice like the actual name of who follows me on Twitter, but one of them...
1: Does Mindy Kaling follow you? The Mindy
0: Project show account follows me, which I feel like is somehow that they found out that I'm calling him the Mindy Project.
1: But Mindy Kaling herself doesn't actually follow you.
0: I don't know. I would have to check. I know the show follows me, which I feel like has to be because I've
1: been calling him that. She probably has seen your tweets, which is all there. Oh, of course. Yeah.
0: I mean, I don't know why anyone would want to see my tweets, but uh, you know, maybe they have.
1: So, so so some stuff has actually been happening with these two teams.
0: Yeah, let's you want to start with point guards, I guess. That seems to be I like mean, there's the, the there's
1: the Rose stuff and the Rondo stuff. Like which one do you want to start with? Let's
0: let's start with Rose, I guess, yeah. right? Like that's mm-hmm. the big story right now. Um got to think the Bulls are uh feeling pretty good about having traded him at this point.
1: Uh yeah, and I think that was kind of the idea behind uh trading him anyway. Like even back then, n- never mind that they got back two guys who might actually be rotation. One of whom definitely is, the other one who might be. But I think they were just kind of ready to move on. There was so much baggage with him over the years, with you know all the injuries and you know all the you know the way that people have kind of handled the injuries and all the backlash to him not coming back when he maybe could have come back. All the, all that kind of stuff. And then you know once Jimmy Butler emerged the star, and it was clear that like they couldn't really play together, and it wasn't a fit on the court they were it, as soon as they got any kind of offer for him that actually they got players back and didn't have to give up an additional asset like a pick or something they they jumped on it and yeah I think that decision is looking pretty good right now
0: yeah and look that kind of drama that was constant surrounding Rose in Chicago hasn't really happened with the Knicks like he's missed I think four games with injuries but you know they weren't serious he had the back that locked up a couple times missed a couple games and came back then missed a couple games came back again like there hasn't been this constant day-to-day when will Rose be back is he hurt how long was, is he gonna linger Is he 100 percent?
1: for the three years that I was in Chicago well the first year the first year I was there was the year he had meniscus and he missed the whole season after like right. 10 games of the year and then the second year he had the minor meniscus surgery missed like six weeks in February and March that year that was Tom's last year as the coach and then but even then, it was still just like constant. Like every day, we go into practice. The first question is, did Derek practice? Is he healthy? Is he going to play? Like, what's his status? And then we talk to him, like, how, how are you? Are you getting back into a rhythm? Do you think you're ever going to get back to you know something close to pre-injury form? It, it's it was just it was just a constant cycle that I think everybody was kind of ready to get out of. Never mind. But uh, the... right, this is
0: a whole different thing, you know. There, again, there hasn't been that constant injury stuff. There haven't really even been. Constant: Does he fit with Carmelo? Does he fit with Chris Stapp's Questions like there have been obvious things that don't necessarily gel um, in the ideal way that you would like a team to do so. You know, there's some back and forth, your turn, my turn. There's some of him missing Kristaps with passes. Uh, in pick and rolls, obviously his defense hasn't been ideal, but there really hadn't been much drama beyond like no. fans arguing with each other over whether or not they should have made the trade and whether or not they should re-sign him. And then this whole thing blows up and it's like bigger than even any of the Willie Come Back drama has ever been.
1: It this was just so wild to me. We were so the night that uh that that whole thing went down, the Bulls had a home game against the Thunder. And so we was just we were just kind of sitting in the media room beforehand. Yeah, what was that situation? So I see on while I'm talking about it. I see on Twitter like then cuz I follow the Knicks PR Twitter account and yeah. and I see like the Knicks announced that Derrick Rose is not with the team and I'm just like okay that's a little weird doesn't the game start in like 10 minutes and so right. then I have a couple of people I know who are not in his inner 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 circle but like are close enough to him that they might know what's going on so I texted a couple of people about it and it was just radio silence from everybody. Like, the couple, couple, someone got back to me and said they had no idea what was going on. And so the whole game, we were just, like, refreshing Twitter for updates and, like, figure trying to figure out what was going on. Like, until we found out that he just... So nobody
0: going, in Chicago knew anything either. Because uh, it's, it's interesting, Obviously At least not during didn't... the
1: game. Once the game ended and we were kind of all back in the media room, back in the locker room, we kind of started hearing chatter that maybe he had gone back to Chicago. And at first, it didn't seem like it was a family thing. It seemed like he was just kind of mad at... Hornacek for benching him in the Pacers game in the fourth quarter, which is kind of out of character for him to handle something like that. But then you know we started hearing you know maybe maybe it was a family thing, maybe somebody was sick, maybe he was sick. Like that was something I saw th- floating around. It was just it's and it was weird and still weird. Like I still don't really know what's going on. I don't think anybody does.
0: Right. Like, obviously, everybody in New York was scrambling to find out what was happening too. And I know like reports were leaking out about you know what might be happening at several points throughout the night. You know, one of those guys that was actually getting stuff was uh, was KC, who's from Chicago. So I would imagine the Chicago media was trying to do the same thing because it's it's a strange situation that you know his whole life and career has been in Chicago. So it's possible that many. It's still a story there, right? It's it's obviously a story there. He went there, so it's it's connected to the story. But usually, once if if something like this were to happen with say. Like, I don't don't even know what a comparable player would be, but, like, if it happened with, I don't know, name a a point guard from another team that. Are you thinking
1: of someone who's good or someone who's not good?
0: Well, it depends what you think about Derek Rose, but... um, Like, if this this had happened with Rondo...
1: Oh, we'll we'll get to the Rondo. Some stuff has happened Um, with Rondo. Some stuff
0: obviously has happened with... But if this exact Rose situation had happened with Rondo, like, is the Boston media and the Sacramento media and the Dallas media as involved in the story as they were with this Rose thing? I don't think so. Like, it's a different no, kind we'll of be, thing.
1: Well, because right, he's from Chicago.
0: Right, because he's from Chicago and he went to Chicago.
1: Yeah, he played played for the Bulls and they flew to Chicago. But, right, I, like if Rondo was randomly like, oh, I'm just going to go back to Boston if he, he didn't like getting benched or something, I, it might be sort of... The, I, will, I will say that there are a lot of Celtics fans who really, really still cape for Rondo.
0: Oh, just like there are uh, Bulls fans who still cape ridiculously hard for Rose. He's been
1: fine, right? Like I've watched. You've obviously watched more Knicks games than I have, but he's he's been about he's been about like he was last year. He's not great anymore, but he's he's fine. He's
0: fine. Yeah, I I mean, I wrote a big piece on it uh, at the Step Back last week. Like he brings certain skill sets that are useful and that the Knicks need, and I think you've seen the effect that he has on the offense. Like his particular skill at driving to the basket and penetrating the defense has been extremely helpful, especially when he's made those shots on his rim attacks. You know, there are things that he does that aren't ideal, like I have mentioned with, you know, missing Chris or not necessarily spotting all of the passes. And then he's obviously a big contributor to their atrocious defense. But I think he has exceeded reasonable expectations and fallen short of the people who were like, he's going to be MVP Rose again because all he needs is a change of scenery but those people still think that that is actually happening. So yeah. It's it's a weird uh, situation to say whether or not he's he's met or exceeded like I think he's exceeded my expectations but just fallen short of the people who had Unreasonable expectations for him. Yeah, I think that that, makes sense. I
1: think that's probably a fair way to assess his season. And then you're starting to see these other reports. Casey had it. Uh, Frank Isola here in New York had it that he had even considered walking away from basketball. Maybe not forever, but at least for a while. Once this whole thing was going on, and he was just, you know, he was just feeling really overwhelmed and needed to clear his head. And of course, he just completely denies that that thought crossed his mind. He, he, he denied that after because the game last night. because there was a
0: subsequent report, like, maybe an hour later that he's looking for a max contract, and the juxtaposition of those two things is really strange.
1: Well, the thing is, like, these are all, like, these are all, like, different, like, multiple different reporters have said the thing about him thinking about walking away, so it's not like somebody was just making that up. It was coming from somebody. Yeah. Uh, maybe somebody connected to him, maybe somebody who isn't as connected to him as they think they are. I don't know. But it's coming from somewhere. And then, I mean, yeah, of course, he's looking for a max contract because he thinks he's still MVP Rose, and he thinks the Knicks are a super team. Like that, that, that was the least surprising it, thing I'll, in the world. I'll say that this I read that.
0: too: like I, I talked about it on the podcast before the game against the Sixers. Like it seems strange to be able to within 24 hours go from a headspace where he may or may not have been considering uh, walking away to then being ready to play and start. And then I th- he played pretty well against the Sixers, particularly early. He made like five of his first six shots, was getting to the basket. Uh, even late in the game, he was making pretty good plays offensively. He made the basket on a really, really nice drive to put them up by three, and then he created that last shot from Chris Stapps that led to the TJ McConnell game winner on a really nice drive, and he did his classic Derrick Rose jump in the air, and he doesn't know where he's going to pass right. yet, but he wound up finding a good pass anyway, and it created a wide-open corner three for the best shooter on the team. Like So he made plays early, and he made plays late. And it's, it's, it's pretty incredible that he was able to be, apparently, in a headspace where he was thinking about walking away for a while to then come back and less than 24
1: hours later uh, play well. He's a unique dude. He's somebody who doesn't keep a lot of people around him, and he sort of lives in his own bubble. And he has for years and years, even before the injuries. But so I, I don't really know how he got into that mindset. But you know, it's 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 certainly interesting.
0: Yeah, it's and look the the weirdest thing about it, as I've mentioned now on every podcast where I talk about this, is that nobody knew anything for hours in twenty seventeen. Which is just yeah, like we legitimately
1: in Chicago, we legitimately thought that like, is he missing? Is he okay? Like, yeah, if something the, the, happened they to sent him? Sent somebody to his apartment. We're just like, what? Like, w- like what? What is going on? Like, is like uh, this this could end badly. And I, obviously, it's he's fine and he's back with the team and stuff. But it's still like one of the weirdest NBA stories I can remember.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, it's. I'd say slightly weirder than whatever's going on with Rajon Rondo right now.
1: Oh yeah, good segue.
0: Yeah, well that's what I'm here for. I'm the segue guy.
1: Yeah, so the the Rondo stuff has gotten a little bit more interesting in the last week or so because you know after so, so December 30th they have the game where they lose to the Pacers. He's in minus 20 in the first half. Doesn't play in the second half. The next night he's benched. They lose to Milwaukee, and then he just kind of stays out of the rotation. You know Michael Carter Williams is starting. Jaron Grant is getting those backup minutes. Speaking of X and X, and uh. Then I- the game against the Wizards a couple days ago, Jimmy Butler is sick because obviously he tried to play in the game against the Thunder, wasn't really able to. He was sick. Wade had a scheduled rest day since it was the second half of a back-to-back. Niko Miretic was sick also, so he stayed in Chicago. And so, like, Rondo—I mean, Fred basically, Hoiberg basically had no choice but to put Rondo in until so he put him in. and He still started MCW at point guard, but he put him in as the sixth man. He was the first guy off the bench— and basically, was running the second unit. And then this morning at shoot around, uh, which I was at, Fred said that he sees Rondo at least in the short term as the leader of the second unit.
0: To go from starting to like several DNP CDs in a row to he's the leader of the second unit is is, is a pretty crazy ride. Like, yeah. And Rondo has been on quite a crazy ride over the last few years. Like. You know, you had the... Basically, the,
1: since the ACL injury. He's right, been like, the, you don't know where you didn't... He, would, they, he was on that rebuilding, like, that first year of the Brad Stevens team where you didn't know he was, how he was going to fit in, and then he trade, gets traded to Dallas, and that's obviously a disaster, and he gets traded to... Or he signs with Sacramento, and that's, like... That organization is a total mess, obviously. Yeah,
0: even that transition, though, like, so apparently wasn't getting along great with Stevens, goes to Dallas, actually plays, like, fairly well for a while and helps their defense a little bit uh, from where it was before, and then they have the whole strange... Whatever the hell happened when they were in the playoffs
1: and like phantom
0: injury and he gets sent away
1: and they vote to not give him the playoff share, right?
0: Which was like you got to be you got to really screw up to not get a playoff share from a team. Like they, they'll give it to pretty much anybody. Then obviously last year, like Sacramento, it's a similar situation to Rose, where like Rondo led the league in assists last year, so he was like. I'm back, I'm great, I'm a starting point guard, I'm an elite point guard again, I led the league in assists, and that's what he thinks, and this whole thing with the Bulls has been like, I didn't come here for this, like, I came here to to run the show, and like, I think it's been proven over the last, like, four years or so, Rondo running the show is not a desirable thing for the team, for any team.
1: No, it's not, and I think the Bulls are the last team that's figured that out, and I'm really interested to see where this goes going forward because so before the uh, – Cody and I talked about this on our podcast uh, a couple days ago, but Rondo talked to reporters in Washington before that game, and he just basically torched the organization and the coaching staff for how they've handled this and said that, like, he's been told he needs to be saved from himself and that he has is totally confused about uh, didn't what's he going on. did say that that was bullshit? Yes, he did. Yeah, like... He did, in fact, say that. And then uh, he, like – you know, he hasn't. He looked okay in that next game uh, after they came out, but like uh, the 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 whole thing is weird because if you would ask me a week ago, I would have said Rondo is not going to be on the Bulls roster on March first. Yeah, and that's certainly what it seemed like because I would have. I would have just you know, the conventional wisdom was just sort of like, okay, he's gonna. They're going to hang on to him. He's going to be a professional about it. And he has been, to his credit. He really, like, during that stretch where he wasn't playing, he really was good about it and handling it well and didn't, you know, make it a problem or a distraction in the locker room or anything like that. And he was still, you know, supportive of the young guys and all that kind of stuff. But so we were thinking, okay, you know, he's going to, you know, play nice about it. They're going to hang on to him until the deadline in case maybe another team's point guard gets injured and they get desperate and they trade for him. And then once that doesn't happen, they're going to just buy him out. That's what I thought was going to happen. But now that he's back in the rotation, and obviously tonight uh, we're recording this a few hours before the game against the Knicks, uh, Jimmy Butler is still sick. He is still he right, didn't even come to New York. He right? is still in Chicago. He so Rondo is going to play again tonight, and if Rondo plays relatively well again tonight, this Which might most just
0: point guards do against the Knicks. Let's right, that there's that. There.
1: That's 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 definitely an important thing to talk about. Yeah, uh, but
0: plus it's national TV Rondo. Right, it's national national TNT.
1: national TV Rondo. Yeah, I mean all that stuff is in play. And but so if he keeps playing well, then he's going to stay in the rotation, and then this is going to be like an ongoing thing, and it's going to be interesting. Yeah,
0: I mean, look, it's. It's a strange situation, him winding up there to begin with. It- well,
1: you can sort of see where it happened because when they traded Rose to the Knicks, the next day was draft day, and they had you know a few Jimmy Butler trade scenarios that they were right. talking about. They decided not to trade Jimmy, and wh- if they had traded Jimmy, they would have been like, okay, we're just going to completely blow this up and start from scratch, and then we'll you know just play all young guys. Right. So once they decided not to do that, they were like, okay, now we're going to be competitive. And so once you're going to be competitive, you don't want to just throw Jaron Grant out there as your starting point guard, because he didn't really play that much at all last year with the Knicks. I don't but think they thought it I think a...
0: as we mentioned, though, if you're going to be competitive, you don't necessarily want to throw Rajon Rondo out. Right, there right, right. But, right, but so, right,
1: but if you look at what their options were in free agency, Mike Conley was never going to leave Memphis. Jeremy yeah. Lin got his deal done with Brooklyn pretty quickly— so other than that, it was like, okay, we need a name. We need a veteran point guard. And Rondo, well, I don't me- know if Rondo they, meanwhile, is They looking- didn't
0: need a name. Like. Well,
1: if you're the, you, to us as rational people, yeah. we, they didn't need a name. But to the Bulls' front office, they looked around and said, okay, we're going to be competitive. We need a veteran point Although guard. I would need-
0: imagine if they knew that they were going to get Wade, they might not have done They would have been like, okay, we can play Jaron Grant next to Dwayne Wade. Right,
1: that's the other thing. The Wade thing just kind of fell into their laps out of nowhere. I think it was not until July 5th or July 6th that and then they the started Carter getting. the Williams
0: thing later on, too. Like, I think they might have been fine going with those two guys if they had known that they were going to get Wade at the start of the offseason.
1: Right. Well, which they didn't, because they, I think it wasn't until July 5th, July 6th that they started right. really getting indications from Wade's people that he wasn't just using these yeah. other teams for leverage, and he actually would seriously consider leaving Miami, which was Nobody a shock thought to everybody. Wade was leaving. I, I was, remember when I, was I, I, was I, I got, as I was at
0: dinner when the Wade signing actually happened, and I got a notification about it, and I was like, this has to be, like, fake.
1: Right, like I don't know, because like I have the I have the Woj text alerts turned on. And it was real. It was real Woj that was t- it was tweeting yeah. it. I was like, did I actually? But but because I mean, right, because like at the beginning of free agency when it was like Wade is at odds with Pat Riley, it's like okay, we've seen this the last couple of years. They're going to eventually get a deal done. Wade is talking to the, the Bulls, nuggets. the Nuggets, the Bucks. Like Wade is not. And then I was just like, okay, Dwayne Wade is not going to sign with the Denver Nuggets. Like he's just yeah. like this is this is a this is cute, but he's going to just use these teams for leverage and get. uh and, 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 and Pat will he, give him the money because
0: right. he's Dwayne Wade and, like, it's right. Wade County. Right, it game. would be
1: like Kobe leaving the Lakers or it would be like Dirk leaving Dallas. Like, and it just, it, you just could not see it happening. And then it was like, wow, okay. And then even, honestly, even when he went on, I think it was Good Morning America, the morning after, like, the news broke that he was doing it and he talked about what it meant to come back home to Chicago, uh, I it still didn't really feel real. And it didn't even become official until later in the summer when... Uh, because he, he, he couldn't really come in and sign the contract and do the press conference for most of July because he he and Gabrielle were doing their tour of China they do every summer where they have all these different endorsements there that they were de- doing and all that stuff with his foundation. And so since the deal wasn't official, we were out in Vegas at Summer League... And we were trying to ask Fred Hoiberg what he thinks about, you know, having Dwayne Wade on his team and since the deal wasn't official yet, and he, he had to be like he had to be like, Well, you know, we're hypothetically looking to sign an all star caliber player who's won multiple championships. Like he'd have to he'd have to like play a coil like that. He wasn't even allowed to talk about it. And
0: that you know, it got even weirder when they started the season and all of a sudden they were shooting like forty four percent from three as a team leader. Well, yeah, Wade was making a big deal there
1: <laughs> in camp about how this time he's really gonna talk about he's really gonna try to work on his three pointers and this is actually funny because back a few years ago, when I was at USA Today, this was the summer after they won the championship in 2013. I did a phone interview with Wade for some Dove Men Plus Care thing he was promoting, and I was asking him a few heat questions. After I asked him the questions I was supposed to ask him by whoever got me the interview, and I was saying like, "What are you going to work on this offseason?" And he was like, "I really want to work on my outside shooting." This was 2013, so he I feel like he's. I feel like this is one of those things where every year well, the, somebody says the like thing
0: at the start of the year where you have you know three obviously non shooting ball handlers that all started knocking down threes. And then once they decided
1: to put Taj Gibson in the starting lineup, that's five non-shooters in your, in your starting lineup. Yeah,
0: and obviously that sort of dissipated rather quickly. Like, I remember it was like, I can't remember who tweeted it out, but it was like, the first six games, Wade shot like forty-five percent from three. Yeah. Then it was like the next ten games, he shot thirty-three percent from three. And then it was like since then, he shot twenty-two percent from three. He's over thirty
1: percent on the season, which for I think the first time in his career. Yeah, and he's taking more of them yeah. still. I think so. I mean, either way. Like, well, he always is working on it with Hoiberg after practice. Look,
0: it's it was going to be a strange fit, and it is a strange fit. It and is. Things have gotten even stranger than I think anyone would have expected, at all. Which, uh, obviously, you know, the Knicks and Bulls, like, who doesn't expect things to get strange? They always do, and obviously they have.
1: Yeah, I mean, these are just two franchises. There's always something or other with these teams, and, uh, I mean, again, Rondo is back in the lineup. He's gonna, he's not in the starting lineup, but he's gonna play. He's gonna play tonight.
0: Yeah. And look, we've talked about this on other podcasts before, um... The difference between Nick's organizational dysfunction and Bull's organizational dysfunction... Like, Jason uh, Concepcion wrote a really good piece for The Ringer about how, like, the Knicks' default state is chaos, and they always, yeah. like... They can't just be a bad team, they have to be... Like, uh, complete, spectacularly awful. complete mess that, like, brings it on themselves, bad team, whenever they wind up being bad. The Bulls, they have, like, the, this organizational weirdness, like, they won't spend money, and they chase star names but like things have generally like worked out okay for them despite themselves which is like very strange to see that dichotomy between them and the Knicks.
1: yeah it is I mean the Bulls uh, have, you know they've been obviously they didn't make the playoffs last year but they've always been at least competitive for the most part. And obviously, you know, they had some injuries during the Thibodeau years with Derrick Rose getting uh, that, and, you know, Joe Kim Noah had some stuff to deal with. We're going to talk about Joe in a little bit, by the way, because he's yeah. been bad. But, uh, but, yeah, they've just kind of been able to always pull through it, and, and maybe that was just because of that mentality or because Jimmy Butler ended up being a lot better than anybody thought he was going to be or else he wouldn't have gone 30th in the draft. But... It's just like they've always been at least like good enough to stay respectable, whereas the Knicks, the last couple of years, they had that one really good year in 2013 where they won 54 right. games, made the second round of the playoffs, and then since then it's just been a mess.
0: Yeah, well, they actively went away from what worked with that team, you know, because the East is big, man. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, look, it's, you know, there's been 15 years of, like, every time the Knicks look like they're moving in the right direction, they tend to just... Again, like like I said, like Jason wrote and like several people have talked about, it's like people talk about teams regressing to the mean or players regressing to the mean when they're performing above or below expectations. They, they tend to go back to, to what you think they are. Uh, for the Knicks, regressing to the mean tends to mean regressing towards
1: outright chaos. <laughs> like, and they've lost 9 of 10. And they've lost nine. A of couple 10, of weeks and, ago, it was like, oh, this team actually looked better than expected. Right. Like they might and be they, a playoff they've team. They've lost
0: nine of ten, and they had a player literally go a wall, and nobody knew anything for hours. And you know, Carmelo has been talking the last couple of days, like they can't let things spiral out of control. And you know, then they come and blow a seventeen-point lead to the Sixers. Like if they lose to the Bulls on national TV tonight, and well, you know, by the time this podcast goes up, I would imagine people will will know whether that happens. But if, if they lose to the Bulls, like Rose's former team at home and, and Noah's former team, and, like, if, if they lose to the Bulls and, like, Rose doesn't play well and Robin Lopez outplays Noah and Jaron Grant comes out and puts up, like, 15 points or something, know, like, things are going to get disastrous around here if that happens.
1: Yeah, they are. And on the flip side, like, if the Bulls lose this game... Right, the Bulls
0: are... Weird chaos
1: too. And Bulls have been in weird chaos. Like I mean I know the Bulls I mean the Bulls the Bulls will probably get a little bit of a pass because Jimmy Butler isn't gonna be playing, but right. like just, you know, just because of the history with, with Rose and Noah and this being in New York and it being on national TV and they're all they're just kind of treading water right now anyway. They're uh I believe one game below five hundred.
0: The Bulls, yeah, they're nineteen and twenty, then yes, yeah, they're so. seventeen and twenty one.
1: Yeah, so they, they they fall a couple games, and Cody and I always argue about this, about whether they're going to make the playoffs. I always say that as, as, as long as they stay around 500 and maybe fall one or two games below 500, that'll probably be enough to get them in. But if they fall four or three or four or five games below 500, I don't have the confidence that they're going to be able to go on a run and get out of that hole. So I feel like they need to just kind of stay where they are, stay around 500, and then they'll be okay, whereas the Knicks are in a little bit of a hole now.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's what happens when you lose 9 of 10. And, like, even when they were 14 and 10 at the start of the year, their point differential suggested they should have been 10 and 14. Right. So this kind of backslide was always probably coming. But they also now can sort of fatten up on an easier schedule than they've played over the last few months. So even, like, while they're in this tailspin, first of all, they're not that far back of a playoff spot right now. Second of all, it doesn't take that much to get them right back into position not necessarily where they were before because there's several teams playing better than they were earlier in the season because, you know, because of health or just improved player or whatever it is. But, like, you know, I just did the podcast with Waz. like, is this rock bottom? We both said no. It can obviously get much worse, but it can also very quickly turn around to where it's like, oh, remember that weird Derrick Rose thing that happened? By the way, and the Knicks are now a game over 500, and they're, like, the sixth seed.
1: Right. I mean, it's, it's really possible, and that's just kind of the beauty of the Eastern Conference is, Outside of Cleveland and Toronto, and I think Boston has kind of separated themselves a little yeah. bit since they've gotten everybody healthy, there's really, it's just it's just like depending on who's healthy at any given point or who goes on a run at any given point, like, there's so little separation between any of the rest of those teams.
0: And that's sort of what people expected before the season. They were like, yeah. you know, it's it's Cleveland, then it's Toronto and Boston, and then there's like 10 teams that can finish in any order and nobody would be surprised. Orlando's
1: like not completely out of it.
0: Right. Which you is know, crazy because I Orlando, don't think really good at all. Washington, Charlotte, like people thought. I think that Miami would be in that group of teams, and they really haven't been. Oh, the Heat are bad. Um, but you know, everybody else that people expected to be in that sort of morass of teams is within what? Like you look at it, and, you know, Detroit, the the Hawks, the
1: Pacers, the Bucks, the Hornets. the Well, Wizards. the Bucks are a team that's a lot better than I think a lot of people thought they would. Yeah,
0: be. although I was, uh, I'll take credit. I was, I was high on the on the Bucks compared to other people. But if you look at, you know, Atlanta, Indiana, Milwaukee, Charlotte, Washington, Chicago, Detroit, and the Knicks, all of those teams are within five games of each other.
1: And then when Atlanta traded Corver the other day and it seemed like they were gonna trade Millsap, I thought they were gonna blow it up and then they were gonna follow but honestly, even if they trade Millsap, like this these like groups are still clustered together, they probably're se- seven out of
0: games it. ahead of the Bulls or whatever it is or Actually, no, I guess not. They're three and a
1: half games ahead of the Bulls. Who are now on the outside looking. And basically, it looks like it's going to take around... Just just stay at... If you're at 500, I think that's going to be enough to get you in.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, the Wizards are, are at 500 now, and they're in the eight seed, but they are playing better lately. Um, so they could, uh, you know, push a little bit up further than that, and that would have the eight seed. You know, you might need 44, 45 wins if they start playing better than they have... Uh, over the early part of the season, but you know you have all these teams. Like if you start with Indiana and go down to Detroit, that's five through ten, all within like a couple games over under five hundred. The Knicks now are you know five games under seventeen and twenty two, so it's like, I mean, <laughs> who knows? Nah, it's a uh, very, very. Strange stuff, as usual, with these two teams. Yeah. And uh, who knows what's going to happen. Like, that's something I talked about with WAS too. Like, I would not be surprised if they lost 10 more of their next 12, and I would not be surprised if they won, like, 8 of their next 12. Like, there's... Absolutely no bearing on what's happened and what will happen. It just there's no connection.
1: Right, and the, you know the Bulls have this big road trip coming up at the beginning of February where they go, you know, Ob- go Oklahoma year. City, Houston, uh, Golden State is on that road trip. That's like, the circus trip. No, right. the circus trip is the one back in November. Oh, right. And they and have another the, one. I think like I think it's like Disney on Ice or something. That's, yeah.
0: That's and look, the Bulls. I mean, there's no connection for them either. Like, no guys flitting in and out of the rotation.
1: They looked great oh. the first two weeks of the season.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously. You would assume they'll play better when Jimmy Butler gets back, whenever that is. Um, but you know they're an inconsistent team too. Yeah,
1: they're they're extremely, and then you don't know what any of these young guys are. Denzel Valentine has looked good the last couple of games that he's played in. Uh, but other than that, like you know, Bobby Portis hasn't really shown a lot, uh, which
0: is surprising because I think people thought after last year that he was going to step in and play a little bit of a bigger role, um, but he hasn't really.
1: I think he, I think he might at some point. But the other thing about that is that Cristiano Felicio, the Brazilian kid, has been a lot better than him.
0: And they've liked him like since you know he came over and
1: yeah. And he was a he was a summer league find. The faith, the faith was pretty
0: well placed. Like he's been uh, a solid player for them. Yeah, he's been good. He moves his feet pretty well. You know, it's. Got some offensive skill to him, and he's huge.
1: I don't want to, yeah, I, I don't want to give too much away because I'm currently working on kind of a longer thing about him and his background. But basically, you know, he's the reason his footwork is so good. And I think this has been like reported elsewhere, so it's not like some exclusive thing that I have. But like he, he was, and when he was living in Brazil when he was a teenager, he played soccer until he had got too big to play soccer, and then he started playing basketball.
0: Yeah, I mean, so many guys have that in their background as you know, soccer helping them with their footwork. Steve yeah, Nash. Talked about it all the time, you know. A lot of uh, players that come from Africa
1: are guys that you know were soccer players. Because that sport is so much bigger than basketball in some of those other parts of the world. Yeah, I mean Brazil, like
0: yeah, the, the biggest thing ever there. Yeah, I mean, and well, you know the the Knicks have found some end of bench guys like that too. That are Ron I mean, Baker, Ron Baker. Um, not necessarily the same sort of thing. Like Hernan Gomez, I think has exceeded expectations for his rookie year. kuzminski everybody's. Always uh, clamoring him for him to play more. He's one of their few guys that can sort of semi consistently knock down outside shots. Um, you know, it's it's nice to find guys that are contributors like that.
1: Yeah, it really is. Uh, so, do you want to wrap this up now? I think this is. Yeah,
0: that's uh, you know, nice nice little discussion about two teams that are totally normal and.
1: Uh, There's not any weird stuff going on with either of these teams. Yeah, and uh, you know we'll see. I mean,
0: I would imagine by the time this goes up, people will know. Uh, just how the outcome of this game turned out. Uh, either the Knicks are in complete chaos and everybody should be fired and they need to blow it up, or uh, the Knicks are back and they're going to be a top-four team in the East, and uh, either the Bulls are a complete disaster and uh, you know they can't win anything without Jimmy Butler, or uh, look at the Bulls, they're back at five hundred. They moved into a playoff spot. Baby Bulls. And uh, they're great. Yeah. So w- one of those things is going to be true by the end of this night. Yes. Absolutely,
1: yeah. So, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, you can check out Locked On Knicks and Locked On Bulls on iTunes, Stitcher, Audio Boom, Google Play, TuneIn, anywhere you can find podcasts. Make sure you leave us both five star reviews. Uh, subscribe. Tell your friends to subscribe. Check out the other podcasts in the Locked On Podcast Network as well. The NFL playoffs are going on. If your team is in the playoffs, you'll want to listen to that. If your team is not in the playoffs, you want to listen as they get ready for the draft.
0: Yeah, the uh, the Giants, Jets, and Bears are all nope. Actually, nope. None of them none them of are those in the teams playoffs. are in the playoffs. Uh, Giants obviously had a better season than either the Jets or the Bears. But hey, the Jets and the Bears have high draft picks. You can uh, yeah you know set your sights on some uh, some college f- f- football stars that will be picked uh, pretty early in the draft there.
1: Yeah, there you go. So uh, thanks for listening, guys. Take it easy.